Hello everyone and welcome to the group of female one podcast that's created for showcase in the underground music scene. I'm your host, Tony Kuzinski, and I'm here to introduce you to your new favorite artist. Hey guys, and welcome back to episode three of The Groove. I'm here with uh, Dustin from Haunt Dog. Um, so thank you for coming on Skype today yeah, <laughs> for this no interview. Um, so for my first question, uh, how did the name Haunt Dog come about? Okay, so this one's fun. Um, the band started in New Brunswick, New Jersey, because uh, I'm from New Jersey, and my drummer, Henry, he's from New Jersey. Um, and after practice, we would go to this hot dog place um, when we first started out. Um, and then we were trying to come up with a band name, and I had a whole list of band names. And just at the bottom, I put Haunt Dog because I thought it was funny. And we all wound up choosing that one. Um, but basically the name came from the feeling that we get when we can't go to the hot dog place that we wanted to go to. It's like a, a haunting feeling. Um, and it just kind of stuck, but like, it's also the worst band name ever, but also people love it. So we've been <laughs> running with it. Yeah, it is pretty funny. Everyone, when I told people I was interviewing you guys today, they kept thinking I was talking about saying hot dog. But it was haunt dogs. So, um, and how did you guys become a band? Like, how did it form? Um, so, in I think twenty twenty one, my old band had broken up, and I wanted to start a new band. Um, and I made a Facebook post of all things. I was like, "Drummers, where you at?" And Henry, who is in Puppy Pile, who's now in Dummy Pass, um, hit me up. He was like, yo, I drum. And then him and I started uh, jamming together. And that was, you know, both of us in New Jersey. Um, we had a different bass player um, initially. His name is Pat. He's the best. Shout out, Pat. I love you. Um, and then we all kind of migrated to Philadelphia. But Pat um, wasn't able to. So he wound up uh, doing his own thing. Um, so then I recruited Liam from Knuckle Deep on bass, um, probably around, uh, March or, yeah, probably around like March, 2021, 2022, <laughs> something like that. Um, and, and, um, shortly after I, uh, took in Ben from uh, Knuckle Deep as well and then we've been running as a four piece since and it's like honestly the dream lineup like I, I love them all so much they're my best friends <laughs> that's awesome um so what would you say is the dynamic of your band like who's the lazy one <laughs> like stuff like that <laughs> okay um <laughs> Henry is the chill one for sure um liam is the analytical one like the the more like calculated one ben is the party animal and i'm the crazy one i think and does that like work out do you guys like even each other out (laughs) yeah definitely (laughs) Uh, especially liam and i because i feel like um 
we both have like very interesting approaches to like doing things um just like in terms of like marketing or just like whatever decision we need to make as a band and stuff like that like my input's a little bit more bombastic um and his is a little bit more like planned out let's take a step back and think about it so i think when we both kind of run in tandem and trying to solve a problem together it goes really well um and then ben makes us laugh a lot which we need um and so does henry they they're both hilarious people in their own like unique ways um but like ben brings a lot of energy i feel like henry keeps us kind of like chill and just kind of like doing the thing um and yeah no it, it works really well like every time i'm around them it's always the best time ever like i feel like i can't get enough of them i wish they were here on the interview too i think they're all busy today <laughs> no worries um and then how do you guys usually go about writing your songs like what's your process for writing oh that's an interesting one um so it's started off with me um I would just write the material and then bring it and then everybody would just kind of add their own thing on top of it um the ethos that I try and keep with it is that I want this to be the most extra band ever um <laughs> so I like everything to be as just like chaotic and busy as it can and just like especially with the stuff that we're working on now but the dynamic is starting to shift where we're starting to write music together collectively. So one of us will come up with a part and then we'll sit and just kind of build off of that part. But um, the music we have out, well, two out of three of the songs, Pizza Wagon uh, was a collective effort. And that one was a lot of fun. We wrote that in a day and recorded it and was just like, okay, mm -hmm. well, I can get the song. Um, but the other two songs were songs that I had written on my own and then had brought to all of them, and we just kind of worked on them. Um, same with a lot of the stuff for this record that we're working on. Um, yeah, I'm really excited to explore the dynamic of kind of collaborating better. That's cool. Um, so what is your favorite album, and how do you like bring influences from that into your music? Ooh, favorite album that's a tough one um i think the most influential album for haunt dog um for me at least i think it's um i think it's uh I think it's Surfer Rosa by Pixies, which, like, that's a hard correlation to make because they're just, like, such different, like, you, you know, Haunt Dog does not sound like Pixies yeah. at all. But um, there's, there's, there's a specific level of chaos that that band has always had, especially in their early records, and I really resonate with that, just, like, on a mental level, how I want to express myself like it's it, there's something messy about it there's something real about it and like that's what I've always wanted to do myself in my own ways you know what I mean mm -hmm. yeah they definitely are a more chaotic band 
and that makes sense if you want this to be chaotic. Um, so you guys started as a three-piece band, and then you progressed into four. Um, so what made you make that decision? Like, why did you want an extra person? Um, going back to the ethos of being the most extra band possible, <laughs> um, I do a lot um, carrying... Um, just like the the guitar work that I do and the ways that I do it alongside of like just literally yelling as loud as I can um and it's hard for me to keep doing that so the idea with Ben was for when I'm really pushing it we're expanding far beyond what I could have ever done being the only guitar player and the only yeah. folk, um and then the other side of it is if I get tired, if I can't do something, I can lean back and I can lean on Ben to kind of like hold the hold the fort while I'm like kind of just like, you know, taking a step back, doing my thing, getting some stamina going and stuff like that. I feel like that's something I don't hear a lot of musicians talk about is like how exhausting it is, especially at this stage of uh being a musician where you're playing in basements primarily because they get stuffy they get hot and you're mm -hmm. you know <laughs> just like pushing all of the you're pulling as much oxygen in as possible and pushing it all out and everything's getting warm and you're overheating I feel like the past three shows we've played they've been incredible shows but um I just uh like <laughs> I need to stand outside for like 40 minutes to like kind of level yeah. out it which is like i don't know <laughs> no that is interesting that not a lot of people talk about that because i go to shows all the time and whenever i see like one of my friends go up and come back they're like dead after a show and they have to just like chill like sometimes they can't even see the other sets because they're just like completely out of it it's insane um how would you say you could like yeah how could you say you could like prepare for that um <laughs> hard to i feel like there's no way around you know being sweaty and out of breath with this kind of stuff especially mm -hmm. um the kind of avenue that we have pigeonholed ourselves into <laughs> i guess um I think for me, I try to kind of um, put myself in a position of what a lot of my music is about. And with that, um, it's, it's, a, it's a catharsis. It's um, an emotional retaliation against something. It could be anything that day. I just need to put myself in a mindset of like, it's almost like fight or flight. Like, I need to, mm -hmm. like, push back as hard as I can against something. And um, the trade-off with that is it feels real. Um, and going back to Surfer Rosa, I like real. Like, that's very important to me. And also mm -hmm. just, like, I feel like I'll, like, never get tired as long as I feel like that. I'll only realize that I'm tired afterwards. <laughs> when I'm like on the cusp of throwing up and just like oh yeah. my god give me water right now 
Um, <laughs> but that that definitely helps me. Just like putting myself in like an emotion where like it feels appropriate to just like flail and scream for a half hour. Yeah. Um. Well, going off that, is there like has there been a show where it's been like extremely difficult for you to do that and like push through? I think the shows that I've had the hardest time with. Um, it's hard playing at an actual venue when I'm on a stage because I feel like kind of hiding behind a curtain of a bunch of people there's there's a certain safety net to it and being on a stage and more accessibly perceived um is a different dynamic or like being far away from the energy that you're kind of sending out and supposed to have reciprocated back um that one when that happens it's a little tougher but I'm starting to kind of figure out how to work around that a little bit um another one that was notably difficult to get through was a show that we played in New Brunswick uh over the winter and I was already having a bad day um and I was trying to put Mm -hmm. myself that mood because it was like okay like I can I can do this this is going to be a killer show um we get there and there were probably like 300 kids there and that was like something we had not seen ever (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. play that um I had to face away from the crowd that was the first time since I was probably like 10 years old that I got stage fright in some way, shape or form. Like I was just like, I, I couldn't look at them. The whole crowd was moshing. They were knocking our mics over and stuff like that. It was awesome. Oh, the, videos, the videos came out brilliant. Um, but just being there in the heat of the moment, it was, it was definitely, um, it was shocking and it was a little bit tougher to kind of like, put myself where I think I should have been when I did that mm-hmm. no yeah because you just walk in and you're just forced onto these 300 people and you're like oh my gosh like what do I do now yeah um so your first single dropped a while ago how did that change um your thought process or like how you felt towards the band because some people are like oh now I feel like official like did it change how you felt about the band a little bit? Yeah. Um, it plateaued the level of potential in that I think when we started, um, the potential existed within us. And we were like, this is fun and it sounds really good. And the little, you know, voice memo recordings we're getting a band practice or, you know, they, they sound good mm-hmm. and I'm feeling good about this. To record it and go on that like adventure of seeing something come from the ground up um you get really excited as it goes and it always takes a while so we had time to kind of prepare for the thing to exist and we felt really good about it we dropped it through um sleepy clown records um and we didn't think a whole lot was going to happen too fast because we were pretty new I mean, it was our first sing- single. We were brand new. What am I talking about? Um, a lot of people passed it around. Um, and that was really, um, what's the word? That was really validating 
it was really cool to see that because I didn't think anything that I would write would, you know, be worthy of, you know, somebody, you know, posting a review about it or like, you know, these artists that I look up to sharing it on their stories and this and that and this and that. That was a good feeling. And it's definitely something that I like think about a lot and want to chase a lot. But it that, you know, like that could have been the only time it happened, but it also could not. So who knows? Um, yeah, it definitely made us feel like what we were doing um, had a chance. Um, mm -hmm. And over the past however long it must have it must be almost a year now since the first singles come out i mean we have over 20,000 streams on that song which is outrageous i i never thought we would you know get 10 let alone 20,000 on a song um it's really nice to see how you know a, a minute and 40 seconds or whatever of just stuff that you know came out of my living room at the end of the day like inspires people around me I think that's really what I live for is having people hit me up and be like um I sing this on my way to work every morning or this song made me write my own song or you know what I, I had somebody hit me up saying that they um practice drums to our music all the time and that's cool that's really cool like I, I love inspiring people to do anything art-related. Um, yeah. Um, so how did you guys go about making that song and, like, recording it and everything? Um, we rushed it. <laughs> we definitely rushed it. <laughs> um, ben and Liam um, study audio, and they're very talented people at it already from the get-go. Um, so we recorded it at Drexel, but we were kind of in a hurry to get music out there because we were starting to play shows a little bit and just like starting to get like a teensy bit of buzz around us, I guess. Uh, so we wanted to go and record them as fast as possible. We did two in a session. It took us a little bit because it's hard. We're busy people. So when we record, we kind of do it sporadically over the course of a few months. So it's like, I don't know, we'll do drum tracks, we'll get them out of the way. And then I think bass and vocals are what take the longest and are what is taking the longest this time around as well. But um, uh, the sessions were fun. Um, I'm trying to remember. I remember mm -hmm. the bar that I used for... Uh, the other single, Canker Sore, wound up sounding like shit, but we went, <laughs> just didn't matter. Um, the vocals, and I've always done this, I've always done this with vocals, I have to have the lights off because I'm so scared of people looking at me while I sing without like holding the R as like a, a shield against embarrassment or something like that for whatever reason. Um, so I remember doing that and it was my first time, you know, working with Haunt Dog in a studio. So I, I, I remember just like the level of like, what are you doing? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, uh, we did background vocals back at, uh, Ben and Liam's house. Um, 
just in a bedroom and we got um beer <laughs> and we just had a good time doing second vocals um the drum tracks were a lot of fun um yeah we used we only used ride cymbals on those songs we didn't use any crash cymbals it was just rides and a hi-hat and i thought that was an interesting choice um we also mixed and mastered ourselves which i think is sometimes a really good idea but i think if you know the music too well you get a little too nitpicky about mixing um mm -hmm. And then it takes a really long time. And then I don't know if the result is something you're the most happy with. I think the issue with those two songs from that initial um, session, uh, they, they came out a little quiet. Um, and I think about that a lot, but they're still really good. And there's like a, there's a certain, I don't know, patina to it, I guess. There's, there's a character to it. People mm -hmm. like that lo-fi type of deal but i don't know there's, there's there's a few memories to it there's also just kind of a lot of like gray area i don't know mm -hmm. we're working <laughs> <laughs> it was a fun process and we're doing it again even so yeah um so in your like music that you're making now how would you change your process from the first single to now of how you like recorded and mixed it and everything um so we're sending it off to get mixed and mastered by uh some pretty notable names that have worked on some records that we really really enjoy um we also decided to record the drums elsewhere so we went to a studio in fishtown and did the drum tracks just two days a two-day session did that and then we also reamped a lot this time around so we spent a lot of time just kind of at home tracking um mm -hmm. just through uh an interface that way we could take the tracks and just um play them through the rig through the amp and record it that way and it saves a lot of time i i think it feels weird having like a like a pre-packaged you know recording that you're gonna just you know play and then you know get it going but it's honestly such a good idea and it was um super speedy in terms of getting all the guitar tracking done um vocals I feel a lot more confident in doing them now because I've had, you know, a year to listen to what I did in the past and hear what I did good and hear how I surprised myself and, you know, hear the things that I know I can do better. Um, and also just a lot of regular gigging. Like, I know these songs like the back mm -hmm. of my and i can <laughs> i can play them asleep probably mm -hmm. if I want to, but um yeah i'm really excited to finish tracking vocals that's kind of where we are in terms of the process um and yeah i think that's really about all we're i mean we're doing a lot differently but yeah <laughs> that's pretty much the gist of it oh, that's cool um is there like on the fact that you do like regular gigs are there any songs that you get like tired of playing or 
like that you could play literally for the rest of your life and never get tired of it yeah um i think um we we play a lot of the new stuff from the album live um we have uh we have a set of three songs called apple kid orange kid and outro i don't think i can ever get tired of playing those live because they're just so much fun and they go back to back with each other and that's usually what we end the set with um we also have another song called scraggle school and it's such a good like fun to play song and just like enjoyable to listen to for us and just the experience of it is always really fun um but the first vocal notes that i hit are so strenuous that like more often than not i get dizzy (laughs) i could uh, (laughs) i could probably myself getting sick of playing that one and like only <laughs> to play it like once in a blue moon but there's nothing that we hate like every song at least for me every song that we have there's just something to it um that makes me want to go back and play it more or like play around with it we also leave a lot of room to um kind of groove on things differently or just like change a rhythm especially like in terms of percussion um and henry is like insane at drums i've never met anybody like him and the way that he kind of like plays with the rhythms and stuff like that and the way that we bounce around with it it just it it makes it we can make a song we've been playing for a year feel new and that's like super valuable to both us as you know people who will get bored of material (laughs) and also the crowd you know what i mean Mm -hmm. yeah that's cool um, so you mentioned Sleepy Clown Records. Um, how did you guys get with them to release your music? And when did you get with them? Um, so here's a good here's a good step back to me being a very bombastic person with business. <laughs> um, we had just recorded the guitar tracks for both Cankersaur and OK Google. Um, And I immediately asked to get the tracks so I could send them to labels. And I had gotten um, I had gotten a list of labels to reach out to uh, by a friend of mine. Um, and Sleepy Clown was on there. I think there was like a list and then Sleepy Clown was the last one. Like he forgot to mention it or something like that. <laughs> uh, and none of the other labels i don't think any of them ever got back to me about it to this day but sleepy just these unfinished tracks just guitar and drums that's that's all there were sent them was like hi we're haunt dog we're out of philadelphia and we want to put our release out through you um literally i feel like five minutes left or five minutes after i sent it he was like hitting us up and like super interested um and it was seriously a pleasure uh, working with him. Um, I think we're probably going to wind up working with another label for the album itself. Um, 
but I can still see a future of doing, you know, some uh, cassette or vinyl duplication through him in the future as well. Like he's more than like just over this past year, he's more than, you know, just an acquaintance. Like he's definitely a friend. He's somebody that I'd reach out to, you know, check in on and stuff like that. Um, Definitely a good experience. One of the better label experiences I've had. That's cool. Um, well, I hope you guys keep working with them. Maybe I'll get a vinyl one day. <laughs> um, but so you guys did play at Philomoka, and um, was that your first stage performance, or had you had one before? Um, I think it was our. Um, I think it was a pivotal experience. I don't think mm-hmm. it was our time on a stage per se. Um, I mean, we played at probably as a band the heart bar was probably our first time on a stage not that it was like the the biggest or most spectacular stage but i mean i wouldn't say philomoka is either i think it was the first like okay this is a venue we're playing a venue type Mm -hmm. of um that was strange um we (laughs) are like the most unprofessional people ever um (laughs) kind of like see ourselves at some place where like i know if i google image this place like pictures of idols and these other bands that i really enjoy or just like you know playing on the same space yeah. i don't know like go up there and take too long to tune and have the most awkward stage banter ever like it felt really weird and like we didn't fit but at the same time, people really liked us, and that felt really good. Um, it was it was definitely strange, and I look forward to you know, hopefully playing there again among you know any other place that is like oh man I can't wait to play at a place like this you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It was it was definitely a really interesting experience to have, um, and but. Like I said before, in terms of um, um, there's a difference in energy reciprocation um, Mm -hmm. and a different level of perception. And I was definitely feeling that. And that is most certainly a prime example of me not really knowing what to do. I think I caught my stride with it towards the end of that performance. Um, but it was definitely really awkward. It's more awkward to have dead air while we're tuning at Philomoka than it would be at any house venue or basement show. Yeah. Um, so what did you guys put on the, um, projector, like, screen behind you? (laughs) Because I know the bands have control of that. Yeah, so we played i think it was a 12 or a 10 hour just gameplay of earthbound um which is a a super nintendo game that um we all really like for those who don't know what earthbound is well i don't know if ben and henry like earthbound i well i'm sure they don't hate it but um liam and i i've played it a lot um the song Apple Kid and Orange Kid, it's an Earthbound reference. Um, our stickers have been Earthbound-themed stickers for the past 
year until we just made new ones. Um, so I don't know. I thought it would be cool. Like I think the 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 the, the combat scenes have really cool backgrounds and just like the uh, excuse me the uh, imagery just all together. I feel like kind of suits the chaotic uh, quote unquote nature that we have both uh, um, unconsciously and consciously. That's cool. Um, so what has been your most, like, enjoyable venue that you've played at? Or, like, your favorite one? Hmm. It's a tough one. <laughs> it's hard, because that one's, that's, that one's pretty subjective. I yeah. think, I think the most sentimental show, and just, like, the, one of the better experiences we've had um was our homecoming show from tour at uh fear and loathing because um, mm. people were really moving and um it just felt so good to be home after being gone for a week um and yeah and uh we got <laughs> we got like an actual sound check at that show which was just like whoa this is crazy um mm-hmm. <laughs> this never happens we just go on and make noise so like this is cool like we could hear ourselves that was crazy um yeah definitely yeah confidently fear and loathing is probably the probably my favorite venue right now yeah ian's pretty good with the sound too (laughs) um so what areas have you played other than philly like where have you traveled to play before um, we've played New Jersey, played New York, we played Delaware, State College, Doylestown, uh, Pittsfield, Massachusetts, um, Ohio, Chicago, um, what was after Chicago? Oh, uh, Pittsburgh. We played Pittsburgh. Um, we've we've been around. Um, I think until recently, post tour, the most we've really done was like New York and New Jersey. Um, but now we're kind of getting offers from all over the place. Um, some we can take, some we can't take. Um, I think we're gonna try and plan to do more weekender type stuff uh Mm -hmm. so we get out a little bit further but like not too far past our kind of like epicenter um and just kind of it's nice kind of having a a bigger radius of people because i i I know a lot of bands just kind of play philly and stay in philly um and they do really well in philly Mm -hmm. um I think kind of spreading that out a little bit more was more beneficial to us. Um, yeah. Cause I think we're the kind of sound that like, if we're playing every weekend in Philadelphia, I mean, I think people would get a little bit sick of us after a while between that. And also like, I would fall apart physically. <laughs> like that is. So- <laughs> um, but yeah, no, we've been around. This is definitely like the most traveling I've done in a band. Like I, I'd, I'd never toured before, and mm-hmm. <laughs> we, 
in August we set out on a week long tour with Fox Teeth and that was so much fun. Oh my god, I think about that like every day. That was <laughs> like one of the bucket list things checked off. It's so good. Um <laughs> Yeah. Um, out of all those places that you've been, what do you think would be like your what was your favorite scene to be in? Or like that you have the most fun, Philly? Yeah. <laughs> um I mean, there's been bands that I've been listening to coming out of Philly since <laughs> twenty twelve. Um mm-hmm. just, like it feels really cool to in some way, shape or form be a part of that kind of brick wall lineage that's just you know this rich culture of punk rock and um self-expression and just alternative music and it feels really humbling to you know put on a record that you know came out 10 15 years ago out of the same area and just you know think about like i'm doing the same thing right now and these people mm-hmm. but why I'm there you know what I mean yeah it is kind of crazy to think about because I'm like I listen to records from bands that are from Philly and I'm like wow like I'm seeing bands that could end up being like the same thing it's like crazy um so you mentioned before that you have some knuckle deep members and a dummy pass member in your band um how is it managing all of that like do you guys ever have to like cancel shows because there's other shows going on, like recording, everything like that? It happens sometimes. I we are all good friends. Um, <laughs> we all get along really well, and, and um, so we don't really step on each other's toes. And there's no headbutting or anything. Um, Sometimes our schedules get a little tied up, so, you know, some months are a little bit easier to play in hot dog and do hot dog things than it is, you know, um, in other months. And then with that, the trade-off is some months it's uh, not as easy, I'm sure, to do knuckle-deep things or dummy pass things because there's hot dog things going on. And, you know, we're Mm -hmm. all big fans of each other's music at the end of the day and we all want each other to do well so there's you know not a lot of issues with it it's pretty manageable um especially you know since we're not trying to play like a gratuitous amount of shows um i think the thing that is the biggest dampener on just kind of our schedule is just like life outside of music so you know yeah. school or, work or you know whatever it may be especially for me i've been working seven days a week for the past like three four months um that's crazy (laughs) never have any free time ever to do things but um i'm still trying i'm just like you know the most tired i've ever been in my entire life yeah that Um, sounds terrible (laughs) but yeah uh pretty Pretty manageable, uh, a lot of fun, especially when we get to play shows together. Like uh, Fear and Loathing, we played with Dummy Pass, and just like, mm-hmm. I don't know, it's always nice having us play together. One of our first shows, I think it was Haunt Dog's third show, was Dummy Pass's first show. I 
think it was either their first or one of their very first shows um so like watching both of us kind of grow together um is really cool especially since it's like in completely different directions and different ways because um Mm -hmm. we're different bands that operate on different levels with different ideas so it's really cool kind of being in a pool with a bunch of other you know super respectable people Mm -hmm. that's cool all right well we are nearing the end um but do you guys have any new music coming out anytime soon um we've been recording an album called filbert um for the past six months and it's almost done and it's almost gonna get mixed and mastered and then we're gonna put it out and it's gonna be awesome um still no idea when exactly but uh we'll start having kind of a ballpark estimate type of deal and then the announcements will come and everybody's going to go wahoo about it. Um, <laughs> it's going to be, this record is like, I think everything I've wanted to make since I was a little kid being like, I want to make an album. Um, it feels like I'm finally doing it. It feels like a catharsis. Um, so I urge all of you to uh, get hyped on it. And yeah, <laughs> thank you so much for having me. Of course. And then lastly, do you have any shows coming up that you want to plug right now? Yeah, we're playing we're playing Wormhole October 1st with some pretty cool bands from New York. Um and I'm really excited for that one. I've heard a lot of good things about Wormhole. So if you if you don't come for Haunt Dog, just, you know, go to see the space. Um but yeah, we're playing we're playing Wormhole next month. Very exciting. Well, thank you for coming on the groove. Um, thank you for listening and make sure you check out Haunt Dog on Instagram and Spotify and anywhere else you can find them and always remember to stay creepy.